Adventure Presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, we're a couple of Chippendale dancers ready to talk (laughs) about uh, a movie that surprisingly i think will be a little bit divisive between the two of us that's surprising to me too man i'm excited to do this we've been off for what feels like forever it's only been a couple weeks since doctor strange in the multiverse of madness this is kind of a multiverse movie as well um but uh, we haven't done this i feel rusty but i feel good because this week felt uh rejuvenating a little bit because i saw a couple movies that i absolutely loved um this being one of them and another movie that we should have a review out soon if you follow me on twitter and letterbox you probably already know what that is it's top gun maverick um but i'm excited to do this again with you i feel like we have i thought it was down nabby yeah no nevis is going to see that tonight though so I'll get her thoughts for the next uh, main it's show. It's for the fans. Like that. Uh, but yes, today we are reviewing Akiva Schaefer's uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, which is now streaming on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it stars uh, John Mulaney and Andy Samberg, as well as Will Arnett, Eric Bana, Keegan-Michael Key, Seth Rogen, J.K. Simmons, Kiki Lane, and more. Uh, kind of a spiritual sequel to Roger Rabbit a little bit, more of a thematic kind of similarities and you know obviously the concepts and things like that but um i mean it even it even goes as far as to it's 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 self-aware enough to know that you're going to reference that yeah so it almost tries to beat you to the punch by having roger rabbit right away in a scene and that's not giving anything away because he's in the trailer yeah so So this will be uh, spoiler free and i feel like this review will be interesting because i feel like a lot to talk about in this movie is dissecting each frame and each cameo and each character that's in the movie um well a lot of it is also like pausing the film and looking at like you know the uh, you know wide shots or or establishing shots and seeing what characters have been integrated into you know a modern day setting that mm-hmm. has both humans and cartoon characters cohabitating with each mm-hmm. other so like uh, it, it's kind of fun and almost like a you know where's waldo kind of way where you like you're like oh there's that character it's like oh they put that character in it and and that is fun but at the same time, I think one of my biggest problems with the movie is it's not as integrated with the plot. Like these characters are all very extraneous for the most part, sure. you know, like it's just literally a blink and you'll miss it kind of cameo where I felt that at least with who framed Roger rabbit. And again, I apologize that we're going to continue to probably compare the two, but it is hard not to, um, you know, even if it was one kind of like, walk on cameo or, or five second scene, it felt like those characters had a, a, a bit of a, a, a life to them in their minimalist roles, you know, in the, in the way that, you know, Roger Rabbit brought in, you know, Bob Hoskins. And I think that's another big reason why the movie didn't completely work for me because you have essentially Chippendale who, you know, as as the story begins, met when they were in school in 1982 and became fast friends because they were kind of the outsiders. They were a little weird, but they complemented each other perfectly and they became this amazing writing duo, um, you know, started working their way up in Hollywood and, you know, did commercials and things like that. And eventually were able to land a pilot for their own show 
which was Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And obviously, you know, that being a very popular kids show in the late 80s, early 90s. And anybody that kind of grew up in that period or even into the mid 90s, because it was in syndication and they would repeat it a lot. No very well you know the intro theme song and that it was kind of a you know take on a scooby-doo detective mystery each episode um and so you get to see the behind the scenes of that and again like it's playing up the idea like roger rabbit where you know tunes and human beings coexist and you know tunes are can be as raunchy or as irritable or as human as Human. human beings and so part of the the fallout there you know after you know rescue rangers has its peak in the early 90s is that um chip is more of a kind of pragmatic you know serious kind of guy that you know is still kind of considered the the top banana especially by dale where dale is kind of more the goofy you know fun loving kind of character almost yeah Yeah. he's almost a little bit like andy samberg's Mm -hmm. character in palm springs except having not gone through you know experiencing the same day over and over again he'd probably be where like he was at the beginning of palm springs in a weird way but the the whole fallout there the crux of that is that dale wants to kind of do his own thing to kind of prove himself even more and have his own show called double uh, double dale which is <laughs> oh, really yeah, funny dale. which Why is a, is which dare? is a a play on 007 bond yeah, sure. and things like that so then you know that kind of ruins the friendship and the show and you know everything kind of goes south there and then years later they pick up and dale has basically become kind of a, a a caricature quite literally of his former self he's gotten an upgrade cgi upgrade Surgery, but also yeah. he kind of does the comic con conventions to make money and stay relevant where chip has gone the other way and gotten out of the industry and has become an insurance um, agent. more of a yeah more <laughs> of a kind of like nine to five kind of guy and and i i was thinking of you weirdly when when i was watching like you know chip leave the office and everybody's like trying to invite him to go for drinks and it's like he's trying to separate his work yeah. life and his personal <laughs> yeah. life yeah. right that was um, definitely me for sure and then sort of the mystery part of it or where like sort of art imitates life where you have kind of like a modern day mystery version is where uh monterey jack uh who is voiced weirdly by eric banna in this instead of jim cummings who jim mm-hmm. cummings voiced you know uh monterey jack in the series and voices a ton of other characters problematic voice actor but he's still that's maybe in, why but yeah but he's still in the film too oh, which right is, it, it, interesting in all the other kind of like bit parts um goes missing and you learn that there's this kind of like underbelly of sweet the uncanny pete. valley <laughs> and sweet pete voiced uh by will yeah. arnett who i think is the secret weapon in the lonely island canon because you look at his performances in Hot Rod and uh, Pop, Pop Star. Star like, hot, yeah. like Hot Rod, he's amazing as the douchey boyfriend to Ilsa Fisher. Oh my God, in that like, car. Wait, yeah. Babe. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then in, the TMZ in, guy. In yeah, Pop whose Star. cup gets bigger and bigger yeah, every time so you funny. see him. And even in this, like I love like the bit with like, you know, like his his Fitbit and and, yeah. and, and all that. And and like him sort of like becoming this bootlegger of, of, of tunes, tunes who can't who, pay up. And, and like mutates that, them to make them look different and then puts yeah, them and into sells like, them overseas fake fake cartoon (laughs) movies so yeah that's that's all funny but i just kind of felt like sort of our 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 entry point kind of felt a little bit weak where like again you had the dynamic between tune and human with bob hoskins and and roger rabbit here you just have chip and dale and yeah you know 
Chip hasn't been a part of the industry for a while, but he's still attuned and still knows the world because he is sure. a cartoon character. Where Bob yeah. Hoskins, where you kind of have Kiki, yeah, you have Kiki Lane in that role here, but it's not. She's kind of a you know a third wheel uh, essentially who's brought in kind of halfway through to, to yeah, work and, with and, them. But and I like her a lot. Like she's really great in in. Um, Barry Jenkins if Beale Street could yeah. talk and and like even though I didn't love um, the old guard she's not the problem with that movie either but yeah. again she feels extraneous to the plot and and like in a weird way as well they're doing this kind of like and I don't know if they were intending on this in, in, in terms of the story but like there's this weird kind of like infatuation with Dale kind of wanting to sort of romance <laughs> the, the Kiki Lane character in the same way that like Michelangelo and the other Ninja Turtles do like with April, April. O'Neil. Yeah. And it's just, I guess it, like, maybe in this world, anywhere. it's fine. You have, um, I thought it was funny having a gadget and, um, the fly. That, yeah. Like, voiced by Dennis Hayes. Yeah. That were together too. And had like babies, which I thought was funny. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And, and I, I loved it. Like, I think it is the hardest I've laughed in a very, very, very long time. Uh, the most I've laughed in a long time. And I think I just vibed with it as, you know, I, I kind of tweeted this out. Like the guys who made Hot Rod and Popstar made a modern Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And I think it's hard to compare the two, even though they are very similar. I think they do. You know, one was at the time just groundbreaking and, and really, really. I think this owes a lot to that movie and I think is kind of a modern interpretation of it, of being, you know, a crime story uh, kind of a celebration of animation from the mid eighties to now, and maybe all of animation. Um, and I just thought it was like genuinely, genuinely hilarious and creative. And on the level of maybe not so much on an emotional level, but from that meta kind of comedic level of like a Phil Lord and Chris Miller thing, like the Lego movie and, and spider verse and, and kind of that kind of stuff where it's Lego is, <laughs> oh god yeah and we'll get into all of that and i want to do a spoiler cast kind of because there's so much that i don't want to spoil in this review because there are a few times where i had guttural laughter and i had to rewind or pause the movie because i was laughing so much with nevis and had to go back and listen to what dialogue was being said or i had to do that thing that you're saying where i had to rewind and look at something in the background or spot one of your favorite characters from something or and that's what i think the joy of this movie is like I feel like if you vibe with the Lonely Island stuff, whether it's their music videos or Hot Rod or Popstar uh, or MacGruber and that kind of thing, like this is very much a movie made for someone in their early 30s. And it's that not is also important movie. to say, because I think that that can also be a criticism totally against it, because it, it is truly not a reboot. I love it for, for that, the, but I do. I, I, I like it more because of that as well, but it also doesn't make that entirely clear in the marketing. Like it's no. a reboot for kids that grew up with it in the eighties and not 90s. for kids it's today. today. Everything and will go over their head. Every yeah, and it's thing. not a reboot for the series either. It lit. And, and I do appreciate that because I rather take that than 
you know, uh, a, a live action adaptation that kind of recycles the material. Yeah, like an Alvin of, and the Chipmunks that they make fun of. And stuff yeah, like or, that or, or even even Disney's live action yeah, stuff. Sure. Like a lot of that is is just kind of like you know, recycling. Approach. Yeah. And then, you know, the more obvious comparisons as well to something like Cool World or, mm-hmm. you know, the Space Jam movies, which I think this yeah. is better than those. But yeah. at the same time, it's like it is more of a niche film than oh, I totally. was it's such an it inside hollywood kind of thing too and right? a stoner like, film it it's- is a stoner film and that definitely helps i will say that um but it i, I just felt like th- it was the most inside baseball kind of inside hollywood kind of thing where i feel like you know me and you and and people who really love movies and in the industry and animation and stuff like that will i think get a lot of it but there's so many little things there where i'm like this is gonna go over so many people's heads and maybe they'll see characters that they like and 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 they'll laugh at some of the silly comedy and and stuff like that but um why i loved it is because it was so niche and that it was so specific to being like this meta narrative and i love the idea that you know again and which roger rabbit did too of the tunes living there and that they're just actors and and in these shows and they're not actually those characters um even though they kind of are those characters which they poke fun at uh, as well um i think any criticisms i have is like it's a very simple crime story and 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 the kind of emotional uh kind of beats of between chip and dale and their friendship i think work but they never on are on a level of like the top tier kind of like animated films and and some of the Phil Lord and Chris Miller stuff that I'm talking about and and Pixar and even what Sony's been doing lately like and I don't think this movie was trying to do that although it it is trying to kind of have that emotional hook between Chip and Dale I think it's trying um, to be smarter than it is though like that's the, that's the other thing that I did struggle with a little bit and this isn't written by the Lonely Island guys this is written no, by yeah. the the writers of Doolittle the Robert Downey Jr film yeah. and and I do feel like it's overthinking sort of like okay how many kind of clever inside jokes and references and and things and you can see it like you can you it's just trying too hard i think at times to be clever where again it was weird watching this and then watching the bob's burgers movie which i have less of an affinity for but it also is very much like based on like word play and sort of visual puns and things like that. And it's not, it's not a great movie per se, but it is charming because it almost felt effortless and like, it was just natural to its being that that's how it kind of presented itself and how these characters in this world kind of were already built based on, you know, 12 seasons in a show that was originally about cannibals or supposed to be about cannibals kind of did its own thing it where was? it does. Yeah. So that was the original pitch. Bob's burgers was supposed to be about like, cannibals and, and they, they like reworked. sold human burgers. Is that what? Yeah. It and then they, they basically retooled it just to be like a, like a sitcom show. I had no um, idea. Wow. It is. Yeah, it is bizarre. Um, but with, with this, it does feel like, okay, we're in a moment of time where, you know, you mentioned the Phil Lord, Chris Miller thing where it's like, okay, every, everything that's, kind of like meta that's borrowing from you know 80s and 90s cartoons is playing in that realm and having to either up it or be on that level and it just it tries so hard to do it that you can see all the little sort of jokes and mechanics in it where i think like the best bits are like you know the the the, their voices like i actually really liked that like you know, they're, they're on screen voices that those, those high pitched kind of chipmunk voices mm-hmm. are just 
you know, th- them acting in the way yeah. that like some comedians, like, you know, the late Gilbert Godfrey didn't actually sound like that in real life, the way that like he would like, you know, shout and sound obnoxious. Like yes, he has an actual yeah. normal voice, but when he goes on stage to do his bits, that's his persona that he's created. And that's the same thing with, with Chip and Dale where it's in there, but it's not necessarily, you know, them 24 seven. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I uh, like I mentioned, I love that. I, I totally, I, I get what you're saying. I just, I, that didn't bother me at all. And I kind of loved it for that reason of almost throwing everything in the kitchen sink in the movie and being almost like overly written <laughs> to the point where I liked, th- I thought it was clever. And I thought the jokes did land more times than not. I thought the references were genuinely clever and funny throughout whether it was something that was in the background that you would want to read a title of or if it was something more in your face whether it was a cameo or um just a a bit part and and i just i had such a blast just watching it with nevis and going oh my god i can't believe they got away with that or i can't believe they put that in here and just the way that i'm so shocked that Disney was okay with this movie and that is a weird thing like I I, I, them letting them poke fun at themselves is something I didn't expect them to do right now or to a certain degree I still think that there are things that are off limits like Disney will never be okay with anybody especially within like making a Disney film you know, referencing Song of the South and saying like how fucked up that yeah. movie is. Like if there was a Song of the South joke in this, that would have been uh, in wild. But there are some things though of using legacy characters in ways that I just, whether it's Sweet Pete, like I don't want to go into his full backstory, but like just the way that that plays out. And, and You mean Flying Bedroom Boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how... You know, they play with those original Disney classic movies. Little Mermaid's another one where they use uh, Flounder in a way that I was I like, fork. I was like, I was voiced by Rachel Bloom because I, the guys who wrote this as well have worked on um, uh, that that ex-girlfriend show. OK, yeah. Crazy ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Or crazy ex-girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there are just so many times like that where I was just I am. I was just like, I can't. Did they who at Disney was like, yeah, you can. There, you can do that. <laughs> well, like, also just licensing because there are and other characters that's that a are wild outside too, of the Disney yeah. stuff as well. That I you guess, have characters I mean, from DreamWorks, from Warner Brothers, from Paramount. Paramount, from like there. There is a cameo that I'm so glad they did not give away. That and I don't I'm know. I'm sure if they people have, are are like, well, well online now. It is. I'm, oh, I'm totally. Sure. Yeah, like, I haven't gone the on last, Twitter, but yeah. And that's something I would like to talk about more yes, in the in, spoilers yeah. and and especially just like what it represents and what like it's represented in some. We had a conversation about it, and I understand problematic where you're from. nature. But the other thing I will say that I did like about this movie, but I do wish it was. I wish the film was more depressing. It, okay, it, I know that sounds weird to say, but I think what works here really well or is is quite relatable. Um, is the idea of feeling completely and utterly obsolete and insecure and like you, you have nothing left to give the world and that you've just kind of, you you know, you're facing the void of oblivion. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think Dale feels that more than Chip and like, he's like hanging on to this little piece of pop culture that, 
you know, at a time he was the biggest star in the world, quote unquote. And yeah. now he kind of is, you know, circling that void and, and, and having to kind of like face, you know, the next stage of his life. And it's the same thing with, with even sweet Pete, where it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're cast aside for something else and you're irrelevant and, and you just kind of feel insecure about that. And, and, and like, I almost, I almost wish that they went a little bit further with with that because like i feel like that is touching on something kind of interesting like if you're gonna make this movie for old like it's for you know an adult audience for the most part like it's not r-rated by any means but you could have touched on some of those themes a little bit deeper and i think that's my biggest criticism too dude is like the plot and the emotional beats and the message and and things like that is pretty thin. It's pretty yeah. like it's a comedy through and through. It's a meta comedy with yeah, sure it's making some commentary on Hollywood and animation and and I love all the, the uncanny styles. valley. Un- I oh thought of god, you with yeah. the cats bit. Oh my god, it's great, dude. Like even just calling it like oh, we're in the valley. The uncanny valley Valley. and even referencing like uh, basically uh, a polar express by name, even though that's like, you know, you already had Roger Rabbit earlier in the movie, but then poking fun at other Robert Zemeckis animation styles. And that's the kind of stuff like that I felt like was inside baseball or people who really love animation and, and things like that, like the different styles that they go through and, and, and the different characters that interact with each other, whether someone's claymation, someone's CGI, someone's hand drawn, someone's like all a the Muppet. different a Muppet, like, Oh my God, it's great. And like that all weirdly worked together for me and never felt weird. And um, there's even sequences where they flip through a bunch of different animation styles for Chip and Dale. And you see things that they couldn't maybe throw, in those characters but you see you know uh, rick and morty style and all this different kind of stuff that i'm just like surprised that they um that they went through and uh but yeah going back to what you were just saying like yeah if i'm i'm gonna give the movie like a really really great score i'm not saying it's perfect but for me it was like it's a it's a matte movie through and through <laughs> like where yeah. you're using franchises and references that i love and and it's very funny and it's that kind of uh stupid smart comedy that i really really like and that's why i think i vibe with guys like the lonely island and phil lord and chris miller and like where it can still be very dumb and it can be very silly but like is also got that level of cleverness whether it could be overwritten at times or overthought but like it's still for me just kind of lands when you can take characters and poke fun at yourself and kind of do this very inside hollywood kind of thing and i just completely vibed with it and like i'm also shocked that they got yeah characters from like r-rated franchises in it like there's one character i'm like i can't believe that character is in a disney movie where i'm like and there's a couple other ones like that that are from r-rated movies that aren't even huge spoiler like the one that i'm thinking of is just from a show that i really love and is a character that is probably my favorite character from that show and just seeing him sitting in a like a, a Russian bathhouse is like was like was just like really funny to me where I'm like I can't believe that character is in something on Disney Plus that's a Disney quote unquote kids movie and or like that that is, that that the people the the creators of that show that you're talking about yeah. Because I'm sure that they do have control over oh, it, totally. would, would sign off on that. But they so. probably know those guys and probably knew what they were doing in this movie yeah. and kind of was like, oh, we love what you guys are poking fun at and what you're doing. And like, and you're going to pay um, us a ton of money. Oh, so. totally. I can't believe like, I don't know. 
the the licensing. I would just love to talk to the person who was in charge of getting the rights to all the characters in these movies, because like that would be a fascinating conversation. And I know that's kind of what we're going back to, but that's what this. And we we talked about this a lot with even the Wreck It Ralph films, where it's almost like it's 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 kind of like oh well wow they got this or that and and they were able to like you know go to Nintendo for the second time around and and bring more of those characters in because Nintendo's very. Safeguarding There's a when it comes Nintendo kind of thing in this one too, a couple of them. So like, it's just, yeah. It, there's some franchises that are used here that I'm just um, surprised that, and I don't know if it's like that parody kind of law where you're, if you're poking fun at something, you're allowed to use it. But like, some of it is obviously clearly licensed. A lot of it's Disney properties and things like that too. But um, yeah, I had a blast with it. I, I, it's something that I immediately want to watch again. Um, I think it, it's perfect in that you know, Lonely Island filmography of just silly kind of comedies that I think will grow on people over time. Um, And I think it would make like a great, obviously double bill with Roger Rabbit. I think it would make a fantastic double bill with the Lego movie uh, or even Wreck-It Ralph, like you're referencing and things like that. Um, But this is a, you know, again, not for kids though. Like if you want to, if you want to do like a double bill for children, like the Lego movie is a little bit more suitable in terms of like being mature, but still, I don't think a kid would really enjoy this. If you're a young kid, like I don't, I mean, some of the, I I think just some of the designs will, will, will entice them in the colors, but the whole movie will go over their head. Yeah. And the jokes even like there's some slapsticky jokes, but like not, it's a lot of just, you know, you either have to get the reference or know something about Hollywood or something like that. And like even the background jokes that I keep pointing out to you and we're texting back and forth of, you know, whether it was a movie poster or a movie. Yeah, the pl- again, the play like, on words, the 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 puns, like those are for adults. And usually there are a lot. Of, I mean, most kids movies do have that those, because, but this is because, all of that. <laughs> yeah. And then again, like it is it's not R rated, but it does kind of like sort of crest that line of being like okay like it's not you know profane in that kind of like again like it's it's it it does have a a a sleaziness but it's 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 subdued to a certain degree sure i think again like i gotta go back to you know hot rod you know you mentioned mcgruber pop star those are all movies that I didn't really love the first time around. And I still don't necessarily love those movies, but there are scenes within those films that over time I've kind of grown to love. Like I do love every scene with Will Arnett, you know, at the TMZ, you know, sort yeah. of office with, you know, every time they cut to him, he's got the bigger cup and he's sucking out of it. And the and like those moments take time to really kind of build. And I wonder like with this, what will kind of stick out because watching this there was never really that kind of moment where it was kind of like oh that's really kind of like a perfect like lonely island weird kind of out of left field kind of scene like yeah again like just thinking of that stuff and 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 one person we haven't really talked about who i don't think works in it is just too distracting is seth rogan as as one of the henchmen okay uh, for sweet pete i think that seth rogan's too big of a name for that role and to use his face face in it as well because he's the one that kind of only he looks like him a little bit right where yeah like the is. main payoff for him comes later at yeah at the with other convention. characters that he has played throughout animation yes. and yeah. and i get why that's probably ultimately why and he's probably also friends with those guys as well and, and i like seth rogan but it just feels like that role 
it's not necessary to have that big of a star. I would have liked role. someone weirder maybe in that role. If yeah. That makes sense. Like you had Tim Robinson, uh, who I love. Who it, I and, swear and sounded like Jason Sudeikis. A when, little bit. Yeah. And I, 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 again, I thought that's I'm not going to talk about what character he's playing, but like he is one of those guys that, um, yeah, I love the character that he's playing in this. Um, but yeah, anyways, I, I agree with you. I love Seth Rogen. Um, I, I think the payoff, it's not super worth it. Like the joke isn't funny enough um, to get to that point. Like I get what they're doing, but um, I, like, I think Keegan Michael Key's cameo works better because it is literally just like a cameo. And it is I, 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 out of all the, you know, supporting characters that they run into. I actually kind of liked. <laughs> oh yeah. The best. Like, it's great. I'm surprised they like, didn't use actual Muppets cops? and maybe that's a Muppet. Uh, like, yeah, maybe it's a Jim Henson Jim, thing, but it, yeah. And, and again, another movie that I think kind of is in that canon is like the happy time murder. So maybe after yeah. that experience of that film doing so poorly, yeah. they were maybe even more kind of like hesitant to do anything that was similar. Cause obviously that character is Swedish chef. Right. But like, yeah, it's yeah. just like, um, or maybe that is the point that yeah. it's like you're doing a knockoff version sure. of Swedish Chef. Because it's but supposed I do to be like the that... shady. It's yeah, anyways, when the character he's playing character? is Bjornsson the cheesemonger. You guys cops. <laughs> yeah. It's good, dude. And like those are those moments that like I understand that it's not going to be for everyone. And and comedy is like that too, is where um I've always said this, where it's just like everyone has a different sense of humor. So I feel like comedy is the hardest movie to put like a five-star rating on or like review of objectively because yeah. i feel like sure you can point at the filmmaking and and as long as a comedy is competently made like you really are going to lean into was it funny did it make me laugh and like yeah. you can break down does it have good emotional beats does it have like a good story does it have characters like that, you char- like yeah. does yeah it, but like, all that ultimately stuff is... it's like did it make you laugh and how hard did it make you laugh and yeah. everyone's gonna think different things are funny right someone's not gonna think a fart joke is funny someone's gonna think a fart joke is the funniest thing in the world meta humor is gonna be annoying to someone it's gonna be definitely someone's jam like there's so many different things that people laugh at it might that, even like, be someone's space um, jam yeah like this is oh my god like so much better than space jam and new legacy which is trying to kind of it's do. better than the first Space Jam um, as well. Yes, absolutely. It's better than both of them. And this is doing um, not the exact same thing, obviously, but um, A New Legacy really tried to do what this is doing with bringing in so many different franchises and cameos and things like that. And I think it was so much more satisfying in this movie than it was in A New Legacy, where A New Legacy felt kind of gross of just like, let's throw everything in here and and not really have a point to it. And I think there are some characters in here that are just purely for that moment that you were talking about, Eric, where you're like, blink and you miss it. There's a person in the background and you go, oh shit, there's that person. And there's probably dozens, if not like a hundred of those characters in this movie. But like, I feel like the characters that they did pick and choose to use, I liked how they used them, those Disney characters, especially like a Sweet Pete or a Flounder or. Um, I mean, uh, my favorite character Lumiere. doesn't even show up until like the the credits, basically. Oh, yeah. OK, yeah. I, I loved that reference, too, because that was a show that I loved as a kid. Yeah. And um, who's also voiced by Jim Cummings. Yeah. So. so and then that's the kind of I think what people will have fun with this movie and like it, the comedy will either land or not. But I feel like. 
whether you're a Chippendale fan or just a fan of animation, you're going to find a lot of stuff that you love. Anyways, I know Eric, you got to bounce. So let's wrap this up. I'm giving the movie five stars. It's the only it's it's second. <laughs> it's the Next second. To everything everywhere all at once. I <laughs> dude, it, it was, I, I could never like, again, very different movies. And I think I love them both for very different reasons. One is a great film. One is a movie that I just thought was, really funny and clever and and has a lot of characters i loved and, and and things like that but um i saw top gun maverick and this this week which rejuvenated my life back into um it wasn't that it went anywhere but like those two movies i really loved and i saw them back to back and for very different reasons again but both of them i'm like god damn these are two movies i had a blast with and, i mean you're playing um, with the boys you know yeah and uh, I'm going to give it five stars. Not a perfect movie, like I said. It could have probably been. But it's a movie but, that like, worked for you. For you like, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, we're like, again, I'm giving this movie um, three out of five. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not above this material either. Because, like, that first t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film that came out. And I still watch it now. I mean, part of it is obviously nostalgia. And that's another thing that factors into this, this oh, movie as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the the, the first film from the 90s, five-star film. Oh, totally. I'm with you. It's not a five-star movie, really. But, like, for me, it is. So I totally get, you know, where you're coming from. But, yeah, Yeah. I I just think it's one of those things, like, uh, on Peacemaker, it's a grower, not a shower. It's it's literally a chode. I get it. God, it's better than that. Um, all right, guys. Uh, thank you all for listening or watching. Uh, we're glad to be back just like Chippendale, even though we were only gone for like two, three weeks. Yeah. Um, it'll be a little bit weird over the next month or two. Matt, you're getting um, married. Don't apologize for this or but explain it's, yourself. We're, we're still going to figure out what we're we're going to do. Um, We've got I'm, some exciting stuff, I think. We do. Up. We have a lot of cool stuff before I go um, uh, to Europe for my wedding. So if anyone listening or watching, I'm getting married in Croatia in June. So I'll be gone the majority of June coming back in July. We still have some great reviews that are coming up over the next couple of weeks for some big movies. Um, we'll have um, some main shows where we were behind. We got to talk about Avatar. We got to talk about... Uh, Jake Sully is back. We we talked. We got to talk about. I watched all three Lord of the Rings movies. Finally, um, we got to talk about that. At Cinesphere. So, like, at Cinesphere. So those will be on the main show, and we'll kind of have reviews for Top Gun Maverick, um, Men. I'm hoping to see. So we'll have a review for that and uh, Lightyear, Jurassic World, all of those. Um, Dominion. Uh, we should have those out before I go and then we'll figure out uh, what's going to happen during those three weeks while I'm gone, whether Eric puts up solo reviews or has guest spots or we're just quiet for three weeks. We'll figure it out. Um, or maybe we'll a pre- quiet place. Three. We'll pre-record a whole bunch of episodes. I, I mean, so we much. should, we should reveal it now. We're trying to get Anson Mount on the show. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> he just co-hosts. He's he got nothing else going on. No, he's in that star Trek show. He's actually doing yeah. fine. So, uh, good for him. Uh, we want to do a Doctor Strange spoiler cast still, so all of that should be coming soon. Um, we're just a little bit uh, behind on stuff due to a plethora of different reasons for Eric Life, and myself. Uh, finds a way. <laughs> It does. Uh, thank you again. Uh, if you want all of the stuff we do, just head over to Letterbox at Untitled underscore Movies. Everything should be over there for you. Um, and as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at UntitledMoviePodcast.com and on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. 
And I'm Eric Marchin. Uh, you can find more of my video reviews, uh, including an interview uh, with Top Gun Maverick co-stars Jay Ellis and Hell Danny yeah. Ramirez uh, on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on all the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Chip and Dale. That Post Malone Rescue song Rangers. Slap. I still like the original one better. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> Bye, everybody.